Good evening and welcome to the premiere episode following the pilot episode of Star Wars Rebels Cast UK. I am Alistair Kennedy and here with me tonight is Ross Shaw. And the Jedi Ross Shaw. The Jedi Ross Shaw, you going with that one? <laughs> I've been um, for Jedi, yeah, I'm right. I, I, th- I think it could be a good Jedi. I don't know, what about you? Jedi, you be I was- Sith or Jedi? I would be a dick. I'd be a Jedi. I would. Be, I'd, I'd take the easy path. Like, and you're lying to yourself as well. Somebody said no. you, you can do this a lot quicker and better, and you get a red lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. I could actually be a mercy. You know the guy in the um, the um, oh the old Republic. Uh, oh, the awesome cinematic trailers that they had. I think it was for Knights oh, of the yeah. Republic. Of the Republic. It was, it was, it was the old like, Republic uh, ah, online game. Uh, yeah, and there was a guy with like the awesome cap. That had his uh, his um, uh, his ship had been like boarded over, and there's like I have the fastest ship in this sector. That's the guy I would be. I would need so that. you wouldn't you wouldn't be a Jedi. You'd be a smuggler. Powers, aye, you'd be a screw smuggler. your force powers. I'd be more of a Han Solo, like Kyle Katarn, possibly. Yeah, I'll go for oh, Kyle Katarn, like my favorite Katarn? character. Oh, anyway, well, sorry I, for I a bit tangent already, and <laughs> we're only twelve seconds in. But anyway. oh, <laughs> um, so if you heard the pilot episode, you may be aware that um, Jawa just was flowing in the cantina that night. So what we're going to do for you tonight is we're going to do a brief recap. Well, we obviously covered uh, Spark of Rebellion quite well, which is fantastic. General consensus is it's fantastic, and uh, we're going to cover a wee bit of Dries in Distress, which was episode one. According yep. to Disney, and they own it now, so it's up to them. Yes, there has been a bit of a confusion, yeah. I think, with a lot of. It's not even just um, uh, just Disney and uh, the audience. I think some TV stations as well have been quite yeah. confused how it's all done. So but they have Disney come out have and announced it, it, yeah, and said and what, Spark it? Rebellion is an, a movie, Droids in Distress, Episode One, no matter what. Yep. Episode One. Yep. So Episode One is Droids in Distress. Fighter Flight is Episode Two. Episode 3, the one we're covering mainly tonight, is Rise of the Old Masters. Although I didn't see many old masters rising, but... Oh, we we saw some old masters. It depends how you interpret the word rise, but yes. We'll we'll get into that later on, I reckon. (laughs) Of course. So we'll we'll break into things. As you know, um, Ross and I were here last week, and uh, Yogi was with us, unfortunately. Yogi's moving house tonight. Uh, he, he said that to me earlier, but um, we might have some more Jedi's, Padawans, and Sith laws with us next week. But this week, you've got myself and Ross. So, Droids in Distress. Um, basically, this was the first movie after the uh, the first movie, the first episode after the main movie, <laughs> and uh, the main thing uh, Ross said to do this in like fifty words or less, or fifty seconds or less. So basically, this. For me, was a forced reason to get R two D two and C three P O in action. There you go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, C three P O was a dick in this one. Like we all know, he's the cumbersome fool that he is, right? But he's a lovable cumbersome fool. In this one, he just came out as a straight and R dick. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it was it, 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 the and by this point, obviously, we expected Disney to treat Star Wars in a light hearted. Uh, kid-friendly way, and this was the first hint at them delving into a darker region, specifically by highlighting Zeb's genocide of his entire species, right? And uh, I think we may or may not have covered this episode last uh, week. Uh, Again, the Jawa just was flowing. Uh, However, there there was a bit that I do remember not explaining, but it was the bit where um, 
Callus uh, turned around and just says to Zeb going, I ordered the genocide! And it's kind of like, holy crap. They, they yeah. actually have, they've created their own Hitler. Well done, Disney. Um, but not not in a bad way, because, again, a lot of us, like, older guys, are we're, we're, we're so used to the Clone Wars with the fact that it went from, like, light-hearted into dark, serious tones. Now, I don't expect um, Rebels to go into sort of, like, the Darth Maul storylines and the sort of the really dark edges of the Force. But it was very surprising to see them delve into genocide basically and have the hitler version of star wars like fight the last of the species uh which was quite hilarious Uh, and we also saw ezra use his force powers as well so i think i think droids and stress was a great first episode after the movie in this in the sense that it kind of it kind of fleshed out a wee bit more and it fleshed a wee bit more in terms of the story rather than the characters you know it moved the plot a wee bit forward on rather than expanding on what we know about the characters that's what i'm yeah. going to say on episode one <laughs> I, I do agree with it but um at some parts like obviously we had uh, c3 and rtd2 they were on the sort of transport and uh, they were on a mission at the end up it showed to uh, stop the weapons now uh, organa knows obi-wan and he's obviously on the planet tatooine protecting luke skywalker and watching over him however would would you actually send the the second biggest dick of a astromech aside chopper and the bumbling fool that is basically basil faulty to go on a secret mission <laughs> to stop weapons falling See, into think, imperial hands i think i think that's i think i, I think that is that is why is the fact that I reckon Organa's sitting there kind of going right Arthur Dito can be a dick but he'll be such a dick that nobody's going to think of him actually being able to be competent yeah. enough to do anything and then you have C-3PO whose mind is completely white and will serve whoever is in his possession yeah. so for him as long as R2-D2 keeps it together on a sort of lower level then uh, I reckon Bill Organa actually has like the best sort of like you know uh, duo droids you could possibly have, and I did love Chopper versus R two D two. That was oh, quite yeah. funny. That was quite. I cool. hope it. I hope that does come up again because as we've got, um, we're obviously further ahead as you listeners obviously know as are you. Um, Chopper is R two D two like as if he was like just let on loose. Crack. Like yeah, he's R two D two on crack. Like yeah. Chopper's so funny. Like and. In this episode, when he met R two D two, I was I didn't f- like as much as I've said before that this show is um it blend- I said it in one of our reviews in Star Wars Rebels Cast TK shameless plug they um they they, they bl- blend the old familiarness with new um unknown and they do it in such a perfect way that you don't notice it, but when R2-D2 and C-3PO appeared, it kind of broke the illusion they had going yeah. of the Disney, Disney-fied Star Wars as a, as a like It felt to too forced. Like, yeah. I mean, I understand <laughs> where they're coming from, and I understand that they want to put in... It was like, um, again, bringing up... I mean, basically, because it's probably one of the most ridiculous TV shows uh, on air right now, bring up my analogy to Gotham, uh. um, it droids in distress is like fanboys writing in c3po and r2d2 you know they're, they're, they've got good intentions to try and write them in but it's not executed as well as they think it has and uh, i think that was one of the downsides to to uh, droids and while we're talking about um chopper 
Uh, I have to say an apology. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, with one of my reviews, I described every single team member, uh, team member on the Ghost except Chopper. And uh, I feel that uh, Chopper now deserves his entire article to himself. With oh, the way he's going so far, he does <laughs> genuinely deserve, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost going to be like a Wikipedia article <laughs> oh, Chopper, Chopper. all his craziness chopper the real ghost of star wars rebels <laughs> of course he's he's the hero like chopper's done some badass stuff and like i mean i, I know the review you're, you're referring to and if anyone else wants to refer to that it's star wars rebels cast dot tk so um it's it, chopper just is <laughs> laughs and things it's, it's hilarious <laughs> he just tases people for no reason yeah. He amazing. unscrewed the bunk beds. He's he throws things once he's not needed to throw things. He he actually like covered himself in black paint to disguise himself in one of the it's a spoiler alert in the latest episode. Um, you didn't just see it happening, but he was just awesome. he blacked himself up. He was as if he rolled about in a coal mine. And oh, I I think Chopper's possibly. I know I know in the last episode after the Jabba Juice I was saying about Ezra. However, I, I do agree now with you, yourself and Yogi that Chopper is the best thing to happen to this show. Yeah. He he is so good. Like you've got the stereotypical crew, you've got the disgruntled Jedi with um Canon or Kanan. I'm not quite sure because it's, the it's first episode the first episode uh Droids in Distress, he says Canon. He says Canon when they're running through to the video thing. And I've heard him saying Kanan. I've heard Disney's YouTube video saying Kanan. So yeah. I think Kanan sounds Kanan. better. However, it is hilarious that o- o- over the big controversy of the canon of the universe, the first character does basically canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, anyway, like I said, Chopper, the best thing here. The, uh, the the whole thing is that they didn't blend well. That was the, you know, the will it blend? These, this, these characters did not blend well. Um... It didn't. It didn't hit me as impactful as uh, Sparks of Rebellion did. Sparks of Rebellion, it was like, wow, this didn't feel as dull as like I've covered before, and I know we might get some hate mail, but the Clone Wars, some episodes were just a big lull, and until especially first two seasons, until Darth Maul came into it, but this episode still, I consider it better than most Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, like there was nothing bad about this episode i think we're just really it's almost like we're trying to fishing out for the negatives uh, and the big negative was that r2d2 and c3po were um were very much forced in you know i mean there was you know the the, they didn't really need them in and the bail organa um scene although it did make everybody sort of figure out where ghost is in relation to the um uh, the rest of the galaxy and all that stuff it still it wasn't needed but it felt like it was sort of like shoved in at the last minute uh, unlike for example the Darth Vader scene uh, in Sparks Rebellion uh, although it was shoved in last minute it felt natural but for some reason this time it didn't really feel natural I don't know whether or not like they're just the execution was all wrong but um I think we spent a lot of time now on yep. um and droids and distress. distress so I think we should Head straight into Fight or Flight, which Fight is probably, Flight. in my opinion, one of the worst episodes that they've done so far. Um, yeah, I, I really felt it was boring. Like, that that's it, just mm. 100% boring. I mean, like, when I say the worst episode, I'm not saying it's the worst episode ever. It's the worst episode compared to 
the pre well the previous one and the movie. I felt that yeah. you know it's every episode, every season has that lull, and I think episode two, fight or flight, was that lull, and it's a bit con- quite concerning considering that was episode two. Um, I just felt that it was it was boring. Nothing happened. It was only until the last sort of ten minutes of the episode where where you know things were at risk and things kept on going and the whole Ezra Zeb relationship was like sort of resolved like mm-hmm. too quickly. I expected Ezra Ezra and Zeb sort of like fight to maybe span at least half the season until like maybe Zeb had a sort of like maybe not using force powers, obviously not, but maybe no. doing a force style, you know, feat to save Ezra. And then that would have been a, a fitting conclusion to their battle and bet- between then and then they would have had this petting pettiness going on. But uh, unfortunately they decided to sort of condense all that in one episode and yeah, I just didn't like it at all. Cool. So that was Ross's thirty seconds before we dive into the nitty yep. gritty. <laughs> I have to disagree. Um, I personally like a fast-paced show, and I know this is fast-paced based on kids' attention spans, but I don't know if many people have listened to 40 to Level 1, but, (laughs) I mean, I thought it was perfect. I liked the way that they were forced into this mission together. Um, Kanan and Hera, er, Kanan and Hera, sorry, Kanan and Hera, or, sorry, Caleb, and Hera seem to be taking it. If well, you want to go be for Kanan, because no one knows it's Caleb until they read the book. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so basically, their backstory is covered in A New Dawn, and I highly suggest any listener reads it, because it's a superb read. It's, uh, mature audiences it, as well. It's oh, not yeah. just a junior oh, book. It's yeah. a proper but mature thing. So. You could read this as a young person and not understand the reference, but it's got like a, like a sort of nudge-nudge-wink-wink wink sort of book and it's written completely in a different style from every other Star Wars book I've read in the old expanded universe, the non-canon universe if you will, because they're very heavily referenced to other books you might not have read, they've obviously got loads of planets that you've never heard of and you have to keep track of, this was more character focused than you Dawn but anyway that's for a later episode and um, we're on to fight or flight so it was Zeb and uh, Ezra and they had a wee bit of back and forth and I'm kind of glad it was a result quickly because we don't need to see that we don't need to see the dramatic thing what we want to see is more of the inquisitor who we may or may not have met yet spoilers and uh i I like the fact that they're gone i like the banter backwards and forward now that you're always going to bring this up stealing the tie fighter wasn't as good as i could have thought but i mean if you're watching this you've got to watch it for the audience it's kind of based for of course it's got the adult nudges but um I mean, if you ever, like, I'm going to refer back to Aladdin, I'm always going to until Ezra, like, ages. Ezra is literally Aladdin Jedi, and he um, runs across the rooftops. He steals fruit in this episode. It highly reminded me of Aladdin. And if you, you cannot lie to me, no matter how manly a man you are, that if you ever watched Disney films as a child, if you were born in the 80s or 90s and you were brought up and... You will watch Aladdin if it's ever on one of the channels in telly. You will tune in and you will sing along. So this has kind of got a similar feel to that for me. And the the fact of the storyline kind of brushed past me. The, it was exciting. It was fast-paced. And compared to Clone Wars, discussing how they're going to do tactics and stuff, okay, it was maybe more for a mature audience. But then again, it's the same as... This is what I mean. I don't want an episode that's going to be heavily burdened down with story that I have to... Hold on. I need to rewatch that to catch those names. I need to rewatch that because I don't understand the Senate scene. Hello, Phantom Menace. You know, when the the most exciting yeah, thing about the Senate scene is watching out for the ETs that made a cameo. 
See, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I do partially agree, but um, I, I, I like that. I, I like kind of going, oh, what's that planet? What's what's yeah. that system? What's that going on? But that's just me. That's me, like, yeah. um, loving the world building. But I, I will add See, in, see the I've difference said, is you're, you're a nerd, Ross. I'm a geek. I, like, I, I Ross am a proper Star Wars nerd. nerd so. Yeah, see, I'm a Star Wars geek. <laughs> I love everything about Star Wars. I like, oh, flashy, flashy, flashy. And Ross likes the, hmm... How long has that planet existed? Yeah. You know, but I it's do, just cool. I do GM Edge of the Empire, and yeah. anyone that's listening that's into Edge of the Empire Star Wars role playing, uh, give us a tweet, and uh, I'll definitely mm. be up for doing some sort of GMing. But aside, uh, I've said my piece in Fight or Flight. But one thing I will point out about Fight or Flight, which uh, I wonder if yourself might notice, but uh, the uh, the trip transport thing they used was one of the toys that you used to get in the eighties yeah. and nineties from yeah. Star Wars that wasn't canon. It was just like a random thing that the toy guys came out with and uh, uh-huh. it was finally put in as canon this trip transport when the, cool. um, uh, the prisoners were travelled which I thought was quite nice to sort of it, it was a bit of a sort of tip of the cap to us like I, I, our age uh, sort of ideas kind of going we, we, we are still catering for you yet the majority of the, the show is catered towards the young no, neo well, what, what it seems good. to me is Dis- like, that, like you, know. you said Disney is taking care not to annoy the older fans because obviously yeah. the original Star Wars came out and was it I'm sure it was the 70s and um, that was uh, a new hope 77 it came out yeah. so they're catering to the audience that will still watch it and I think they're also it helps catering to audience fact, yeah I think it helps with the fact that the creative team that are on it grew up with Star Wars as well and uh, it, it's those nods are great. And I totally understand the pressure they'd be under in trying to yeah. introduce it with the young people by keeping it lighthearted, uh, which the Clone Wars did do for the first couple of seasons, oh, but yeah. ended up going straight into the dark thing. And I think Rebels is at a point where they're actually hitting the perfect note. They're creating something great for the new kids that are getting involved in Star Wars and getting ready for Episode Seven, but they're still adhering mm. to... Uh, our guy, like guys our age, uh, who are who are so ingrained with four, five, and six, and getting to see how we how it builds up to that, I think it's quite it's quite clever how yeah. they're doing, and uh, it's almost like Pixar, <coughs> how yes. they always have the the, the adult, adult overtone, yeah. but it's still a kids movie, and I think that maybe they're taking bits of that from there, where I have the adult overtone of Star Wars, but still keeping it as a light hearted. Um, mm. sci-fi adventure yeah. um, so they have finally found balance in the force they pretty much <laughs> and I think that's, that's a great way to sort of move yeah. on to Rise of yeah, the Old Masters old which masters. aired tonight in the UK on Disney oh. Channel so yep. um, so yeah it was a very it was probably one of the more darker yeah. uh, episodes so far uh, it was it was an interesting one to be honest like I, I, I really enjoyed it and uh uh, obviously, it opens up with um, a transmission um, that they intercept via the Holonet, uh, which is Star Wars version of the internet. And uh, uh, through there, they find out that one of the Jedi's are still alive, and it has been ta- has been imprisoned in like a sort of fortification. And um, I think it's um, I had the name written down in my notes here. <laughs> Struggling. Uh, Luminara. Luminara Undali. Uh, yep, who was the master of the Jedi, uh, ma- master of the Jedi apprentice who turned into, who turned out to be a Sith in the Clone Wars. 
Um, well, no, she wasn't a Sith. She was a Dark Jedi. She's one with the two crazy ass. She stole um, the the uh, she stole the woman's lightsabers in the Clone Wars. If she stole Ventress's lightsabers in the Clone Wars, right? And she went absolutely ape shit at Ahsoka, and it turned out that she was, she was the one responsible. Like the Battle of Geonosis as well. So, she's, and she's... well, well, not that this isn't the master. This is her apprentice. Was the one that uh, was responsible. Underly Unda, Unda, was in the Battle of Geonosis. I'm just putting in a fun fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, her um, basically Luminera's um, apprentice was responsible for the bombing at the Jedi Temple during the Clone Wars. Uh, because she doesn't see the reason why we should be fighting the Separatists, which is totally understandable. It was a great episode arc that came through. Ahsoka basically found out her bit closest friend betrayed her and knocked out Ventress, stole her double lightsabers and all that stuff. But anyway, Luminara, anyone that's seen the Clone Wars would recognize her immediately because I was like, what is going on here? This is awesome. I was like, holy shit, she actually survived the Clone Wars. This is amazing. What's going to go on here? Maybe she actually is going to become Ezra's new master. Maybe she's going to teach Ezra and Kanan in the proper oh, Jedi yeah. race. And I was like, what the hell? So we built up this whole thing, and it was basically set up like an Ocean's Eleven style. Dun, 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 With, you know, they were trying to work out, like, oh, should we you know, infiltrate this place and go up to this level and, you know, deactivate security systems? brilliant. It was like, it was literally like it was predictable but i just gorged myself into it because it was awesome i was like oh my god this is so good and then just like han solo hey han solo han solo <laughs> han solo and, uh, the spanish person <laughs> han solo han, han solo and uh, princess leia chewbacca and c3po on cloud city by god we got fooled and uh, when it turned out that uh, obviously again this is aired after it's watched, so I'm assuming everybody's watched it. So massive spoilers here. Uh, it turns out Luminar is dead! And it's like, what? And it was just oh, all no. a hologram. And I was like, why couldn't Kanan know that about his force? And then I realized, hang on a minute, he actually isn't a Jedi Knight, so there's yeah. good reason that he's not trained himself Which up. Which wasn't be- actually revealed in the show. Again, new dawn. I know. It's handy for I that. know. Apologies. <laughs> I know. I, I just, I totally just uh, realized that there. But as far as we know, you know, he, uh, anyway, yeah. So basically, it was like, what? She's dead. What is going on here? And then it turned out that it was a trap, a trap from the greatest, most realist <laughs> villain person ever. And I will hand it over to Ali to either A, continue on with the story or give his own thoughts as to what's going on. Oh no! I'll can I'll continue on. I mean, like it was it was a fantastic uh, episode. Um, I, I have to put in my own thoughts as well. Like I did like it, but I, I'm gonna disagree with you again. Like I think we're gonna like conflicting episodes here because I preferred the previous episode in the lighthearted tone. I I know I know but I like the lighthearted tone and uh, shoot me if you will. But um, this one. <sighs> It just doesn't doesn't resonate with me as much as the first one. Like the first one was like, I've accepted Disney are making Star Wars, which took me a long time as a person. Like it took me a while, and when they deleted the new the thing, um, Luminara. I mean, I wasn't overly. She wasn't my favorite character, um, but 
seeing her again was cool. It was a nice wee throwback, and it just like uh, cements uh, Clone Wars being canon, as Disney declared the only canon was Clone Wars mm-hmm. um, and Rebels, apart from the movies so far and the new books, obviously. Um, but I, I preferred like the whole sort of. I did like the whole going into the base. Um, I didn't like. I don't like how Hera has been criminally underused in this whole thing. I, I get that she's basically the pilot of the the ghost, um, but I would like to see more of her because in so many episodes, including ones that we're going to cover in future episodes, she's just kind of left behind. And um, I've written one in reviews that I really hope there's more episode centric on Hera and well, maybe not as much Kanan, but I mean Hera definitely needs some more. Um, but I mean you've got. Um, Luminara being imprisoned, and obviously, like Ross has said there, that she's no longer there. Um, however, like I will comment on one thing that Kanan, like Ross was saying, he's been a she. He got taught by a Jedi Master Depa Bilba, right? And I had to look up that name. I'm not gonna lie. She actually became. This is in the old canon, Ross. Uh, she, she, um, she was actually she actually became a dark Jedi. Like she actually almost became Sith, or she did become Sith. Um, during her lifespan so it's going to be kind of interesting if they tie that in because obviously Disney have freed in of the old canon as well, they can use it as they wish uh, so Kanan's master eventually became more or less Sith again, yeah, I mean obviously reading through New Dawn and uh, obviously I was like sc- I, I, I was scouring through planet names and names that came up and I also discovered that um, uh, sort of thing I thought oh my god that would be the most amazing like callback to can like with the canon ever, you know, with like Kanan kicking about, you know, training up Ezra to the point where he feels like he's fit enough to be like a Jedi, and then all of a sudden being confronted by his old master as like a dark Jedi, like as like one of the other Inquisitors that are kicking about in the galaxy, like what? Uh, that actually could be like pr- a proper jaw-dropping moment for anybody you know i may call it right now but two three seasons like later on if that happens i'll still drop my oh, jaw like something else yeah it, it, it would actually anyway, be because i did when it, when i found out she done turned into a dark jedi i was kind of going like any writer any writer who no matter what their experience is would just you would lap that up the, like something else. yeah they would use the history and Especially, like, presumed for dead and turned out yeah. she wasn't sort of idea. It would be brilliant. But no, Resident Old Masters, oh, yeah, it was awesome. I loved that. And, like, oh, before we continue on to, because yeah. uh, obviously so far in our big, uh, episode we've got review, a big omission so far. <laughs> uh, you know, we've, we, we, we've kind of got up to the point where we've just discovered that uh, Luminera hasn't has uh, died. But to sort of, like, quickly rewind it back, um, the whole thing, uh, the moment that the episode opens, it's a brilliant scene where um, uh, Kanan and Ezra pretty much uh, say what all Star Wars fans were thinking when they talk about uh, do uh, um, do or do not, there is no try. Uh, it was pretty much the whole entire, like, you know, everybody sits in and goes, that was the most ridiculous quote ever, and Ezra was like every single Star Wars fan, and finally points it out, to which Kanan replies going, Nobody knew what he was saying anyway. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was good. Um, it was quite fun. And uh, yeah, it was... Um... See, I'll be honest, as an adult male, the only time I've used do or do not, there is no try, is when I'm 
beyond the point of too much Jawa juice and someone has suggested something I've never tried before and all that happens in my head is do or do not there is no try <laughs> but, and then but, just like run out in the woods no <laughs> like, no no then I actually no shit. no then then what happens is as I was on a one handed handstand anyway I lifted the X wing that's all that happens when I'm in a night out. But yeah, I, I like the fact that they reference back to that and they kind of made it laughy jokey and they almost like Kay- answered the question sort of. Because yeah. Kay- Kanan even turned around and goes, "Yeah, I've I've never understood that myself," you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like moving on with our episode three discussion. Sure. We've got hit with a big one, Ross. Yeah, the next ob- moment is obviously, obviously Luminara was a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Luminara like was a say. trap, and then. It's a trap. And then uh, before, and then all of a sudden, greeted by them all. And honestly, if they used Jewel of Fates, I don't care how fucking cheesy it would have been, but I would have died. I would have fallen on the floor and just been like, well, I can't contain yes, this anymore. I've, I've got another fun fact that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually reading that I learned earlier on today, Ross. You may or may, may not know that the Inquisitor is not a Sith Lord. Yes, he's a dark Jedi because he's been nope. trained by Vader. Nope. neither. He's basically one of the... There's no name for them as as yet, as far as I know. I'm not a fan of Reddit, so there may be a name. But basically, I was listening to an interview with the creator, and he said, basically, Vader... There's always, um, there's always a master and apprentice for the Sith. That's the rule of two, which leads back to years ago. And uh, Vader and obviously Palpatine are not wanting to pass on the things to their underlings. This is the almost the exact words of the guy. And he said, so they've gave them the basic abilities and they've constructed lightsabers, but they do not know, like, the, basically the Inquisitor, as much as he was such a presence, he was he's not as trained as Vader or Palpatine oh, yeah, in any he's, way. Yeah, he's like... Um... He basically uh, blots his way his, through. His, his, his in total like reason of being there is like he, like from from what again other interviews as well is like um from what I've heard is like uh, uh again interviews with the creators is like they sit there and kind of go right one guy can't manage an entire galaxy so he has to have his attack dogs that go yeah. out and do things so basically from what I've heard or from what I've gathered Vader would be like right there's this possible Jedi in this sector uh, and uh, basically uh, you need to know their masters or who they've been trained by so that's all you're getting so they, that's why the Inquisitor turned around and said oh I know your fighting style because you must have been trained by such and such so they've given them the information of all the masters that had died <coughs> and said oh yeah this is how they've been trained and this is how you're supposed to do it, and we're giving you minimal force, you know, powers sort like, of idea. Yeah. yeah, which which in my mind, I see, see that right there, Ross says, like, see that right there says to me that you would go Sith, because I said force powers, and you said... Awesomeness. No, 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 <laughs> I, I, I retract that. You said force powers, and I said force knowledge, so I would be the Jedi, and you would be the Sith, Ross. Well... I would seek for knowledge in the force, and you would well, seek for controlling power. the force <laughs> is power, and having oh, no, power it's knowledge. Is how you knowledge, get knowledge is oh, power. Shut up, you Jedi! <laughs> yeah. God, 
<laughs> <Poor dog. laughs> right. I need an apprentice so we can get this ruler two started. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so as I was saying, is and and that's what I always thought a dark Jedi was. I thought dark Jedi was somebody that um the Sith sort of like were like the Sith attack dogs yeah. were dark were dark Jedi's or yeah. or people that just randomly discovered they could kind of use the dark side of the force. But either way, we're both correct in the sense that Inquisitor is. Um, out there hunting uh, Jedi's down uh, on behalf of Vader, oh, Vader. and the yeah. Emperor, and he he has final and obviously that Luminara was set up. <laughs> it was was set as a trap. It is my weekend on Tatooine. I am going back to my yeah. beach. I have <laughs> I'm going to skinny dip. <laughs> yeah, I am going to skinny dip with all the local honeys. Can you please take care of Sector 4 to me? Do you know how long it takes me out of this suit? Just goddamn long. Just leave me alone, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes. so the Inquisitor, obviously that was a trap laid to see if the, it lures any, any Jedi to them. And it's so lo and behold, Kanan and um, immediately... Inquisitor assumes that Ezra is his uh, is, is his um, apprentice, so um, or Padawan, Padawan. On the Jedi side. So it opens up a great lightsaber battle. It was it was brilliant just to see lightsaber battles again. I was like, oh, what? I like I like the fact that they held it back because in the Force and the the Clone Wars, the kind of lightsabers every episode was the rule. Yeah, uh, which is understandable because the Jedi were a huge force, but now it's like um, something very rare. And... Hiding, yeah. yeah. I prefer so, that. It brings yeah. back feelings of a new hope. You know, yeah. where, oh, and I watched an interview earlier, and they've actually done really well. Did you not notice that the lightsabers in the Clone Wars series were a lot more neon, and in this one they're kind of subdued with kind of motion blur? Like, I was watching the, the interview and the way that they designed them, it was they aimed for the old trilogy feel of them so that it kind of looked like a sort of forbidden weapon almost and like they had the motion blur it looked more familiar they had the sort of glow you know the blue glow next to the white blade or the red glow next to the white blade and that's how they get the yeah. color whereas in the clone wars it was just the blade was green and everyone was having a disco rave fighting in the clone wars you know and after yeah. was like woo, woo. but um <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, the Inquisitor. Before we get into it, basically, I felt a a presence for him that I have not felt in a long time. No, I felt like he was the one thing that kind of went. Oh, I actually sat back and I didn't say it out loud, but I kind of because Tasha was sleeping at the time. But I went. He kind of was calm, cool, collected, yeah. effortless when he was fighting. Yeah, that's, and I know that's what threw me off was how thing. nonchalant he was yeah. when he was like taking them on. And uh, 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 to quote to quote my favorite character from The Wire, I was like, "Shit!" Yeah, um, but yeah, it was proper. Like, I, th- I don't think I've seen like a like a Star Wars villain that's intimidating since Darth Vader in, in that sense of the fact and it's refreshing to see someone different and and as you said, pointing back, you know, he's not fully 
um, trained in the arts because you saw how easily Kanan finally managed to sort of like left them, spring yeah. him up. So I could see the Inquisitor and Kanan being probably on the same level of... Um, yeah, because Kanan's had to hide his powers for years yeah. and he didn't get fully trained in the first place. He never made Jedi Knight. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, he never did his trials. And yeah. uh, obviously it'd be interesting to see how, how we find out how he got his lightsaber, which again is not actually mentioned in the book A New Dawn. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, it's ah, uh, just I love the Inquisitor. I love the way he was. Jason, sorry, Isaac's sorry, Ross, did you say it didn't tell you how he made his lightsaber? Yeah, it doesn't tell you. Well, how... it's part of Padawan training, so he had two back then. He had. No, to... I thought. Um... Yeah, no, no, no. All, all Jedi. No, that's just Luke Skywalker's training because that was like a kind of like a. I know. Been sorry, my my, my apologies, audience. I've just remembered the Clone Wars episode where there was all the Padawans that had to run into the Yoda to get the lightsaber. Yeah, For some reason, I, I I I thought he went through a Padawan without a lightsaber, and then Ross, got... Ross is so much OT, you won't believe it. I know. And then I thought, like, by the time that I thought your transition from Padawan to Jedi Knight was you getting your lightsaber, but that, not that. That's again, that's out the window. And I, my apologies, because Clone Wars has shown Padawans getting their lightsaber via that crazy ass wintry tunnel that Yoda uh, threw them in. Yeah, um, of course. But like, I mean, Luke Skywalker was kind of shit, we've got one Jedi left. Make him a Jedi, you know? <laughs> it was kind of makes like... sense, though. I mean, like, you're not really going to turn around to, like, the last Jedi and go, no, nah, no, nah, you're not going through the right processes here. But the Death Star's going to blow up the planet. Nope, dude. Yeah, no, no, it was, like, meditate. So <laughs> I mean, the lightsaber, it was actually constructed off-scene, and it was a deleted scene that I don't think's been released officially, but there is an actual Luke Skywalker lightsaber construction figure that I'm interested in that I tried to buy off a... Um, oh... Order sixty six. Um, they they're a great website. Order sixty six. Oh, order sixty six. Yeah, I know the yeah. website. Yeah. And uh, they sold out. Like I seen it at work, and I was like, brilliant. I'm gonna go home and get it. And I went home, and it was sold out, Ross. Oh. Because I'm sure that uh, all the fans had been talking about the rumors of that uh, Luke had a construction scene. He actually made his lightsaber, and they showed it at a con, and. Uh, all the rumours became true. There was an actual scene filmed of Luke making his lightsaber. It was a construction scene and it's never been released yet. So what I'm hoping is when Disney, which is rumoured again, are going to release the trilogy as it should have been seen in the original format, never mind um, Sir Lucas's edits. Like, I, I, I have no problem. Like, people are like, oh, George Lucas. No, George Lucas had a vision and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Star Wars. So anyone listen to this that says that George Lucas ruined Star Wars needs to shut up because if it wasn't for him, we mm. wouldn't have it. And, um, okay, he said that he wanted to have it this way. And okay, so what you're seeing just now is George Lucas's vision, if you've got the Blu-ray version, but there's an original version with unedits that I would rather see with a deleted scene of him constructing the lightsaber. I'm pretty sure, Ali, that I have those videos. Like, I've not, got them not... DVD, Ross. I bought, I actually went and I spent, put it this way, it was more, exp... I bought the Blu-ray set of all six movies. Yeah. The day it came out, okay, and I'm not going to say the price because it was expensive at the time and I actually paid more for the last ever version that was the special editions DVD, I had to look for a very specific cover, a very specific edition to get the unedited versions on DVD, Ross. <laughs> See, I don't have it in DVD, but uh, I do know that my old man, my dad, he um, 
he bought the the Star Wars videos in the eighties when they came out. Hi Eddie, still, if you're listening. And I know, hey, hey dad. You know <laughs> and, and he still hey dad, just ignore this bit because you'll sell them straight away. And the first time I met him, he went, Ross, I am your father. <laughs> no, no, that's impossible. No. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a shame. Uh, Ross jumped yeah. out of Woolworths and uh, uh, Camelton. Yeah. I just like was sprung from Woolworths. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure my dad still has the original VHS yeah. videos from the 80s that has the cast list uh, on the um, on the inside of the the video sleeve. Yeah. So you know where like you've got the cover side, and when you open the box, you see the cast list on one side. Because yeah, the first time I watched Star Wars with was your with your uncle Steven. Uh, well, though th- those videos would have been the videos that you would have watched them from. So ah, oh yeah, it'd be those videos that we still have kicking about somewhere in the loft. The master uh, has become the pupil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched. Uh, anyway, moving from our family anyway, nostalgia, which we everybody digress. right now would be going, what the fuck are what they talking about? Talking about yeah. So back back uh, to the episode, we've just talked about the Inquisitor. And the battle, Ross Ross was correct by saying uh, Joseph Fates would have been amazing. Um, and I always wondered, like, I've seen, before we talk about, we have to talk about lightsabers before we finish the battle. Now, the Inquisitor's lightsaber, I'd seen the toy prototypes, I'd seen, like, the, oh, uh, the, 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 you, you Google the Inquisitor's lightsaber and you look at it, you'll think, what? Now, I thought the same until it was actually in use. And it makes sense. Basically, that is a lightsaber programmed more or less with Darth Maul's moves. And yeah. <laughs> it actually is a full circle for the hand and the handle in the middle. Double-bladed, although he used it. Did you notice at first how effortlessly, though, he was fighting Kanan? Oh, he hadn't used his lightsaber in a while. He was fighting Kanan and he had one hand. Like, yeah. loose. I, think Just I, like... I, I, I feel like maybe Inquisitor is more comfortable with like a one-bladed um uh, lightsaber and then i think he activated the second and then did his nonchalant walk while it was spinning just to sort of invoke fear in in both kanan and ezra and me and i was like oh my god like see if i was up against that i was like holy shit <laughs> like it spun it's like holy crap! It's like you thought Darth Maul's like double lightsaber was cool. It spins. Imagine that! I was like, what the hell? Like if I saw Rebels when I saw like Episode One, I'd have died. I'd be like, holy shit! <laughs> it was yeah, too I mean, it was badass. Like I, I don't care who says Episode One was the worst film ever. See, everyone sitting in the cinema, and I've said this many times, when Darth Maul. Produces lightsaber and the second side came out. Everyone instantly yeah. had a Star Wars orgasm. I do not care who Greatest you are. fight scene ever in the Star Wars thing. Right. 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 Menace, greatest, greatest fight, fight scene. scene. Like yeah. so good. And uh, I, I, can, I, I mean, I, I, I reckon, I reckon the creators wanted to use Jewel of the Fates for that section for the first ever, you know, encounter that Kanan had with the Inquisitor. But they probably would have like subsided, thinking it's too cheesy, which well, is a they, shame. There might, they might be other villains. You seen how Clone Wars progressed? Inquisitor might yeah. be only there for. Oh yeah, time. I mean we still have another eighteen episodes you know, to go. Here's, at the end of the episode. So, but so we'll sum up this episode really quickly, Ross. At the end of the episode, the fight scene was good. 
Can Kanan, like you said, got him away. Ezra ran out and they escaped. They kind of shut the doors and they worked together. See at the end when they opened that door together, that was brilliant. See them using the force and they opened the door because obviously Kanan has kept it hidden for so long. Uh, he's used it in bits and pieces, according to New Dawn. And uh, in the series, though, he's still not using it as much because obviously Obi Wan Kenobi's holocron. Yeah. Um, has has warned them not to reveal themselves. So they get away. But overall thoughts in this episode, Ross, good, bad, otherwise? It was good, very good. I really enjoyed it. And it was a great sort of Jedi Force-centric uh, episode, uh, which is what we needed. You know, it was finally, it was. I mean, I love the smugglers and the bandit side of things, but it was nice to sort of break away from that for a minute and have an episode where we were just specifically centred on... I was about to say Sith Jedi, but Inquisitor versus Jedi sort of idea, you know, and it was good to see that. But I hope that we don't see that kind of episode for a while yet, you know. Yeah, like, I, I like the I kind of balance. Yeah. I like the sort of um, Han Solo style feel the show's Yeah, added. I, I like them to keep that Han Solo thing for the majority and then the odd time when we're expecting something or another Han Solo journey and then we find out that we've got another Jedi style thing, you know, maybe... Maybe a couple, maybe another five, six episodes down the line, yeah. get another one out of the way. But between then, have like their exciting adventure. But yeah, overall, probably one of the best episodes they've done so far. Yeah, I I, I agree with everything Ross has said. He's covered everything. The, ro- the the way they're doing the show is perfect. I mean, they've got like the great opener. They've got droids in distress, which was kind of the fan episode. Then they had the fight or flight which was the kid episode bonding and then they had this episode which was um drawing in the old fans with the darkness the inquisitor he's cool calm collected way of um and his voice as well whoever the voice actor is i'm sure sorry i'm blanking on it at the moment but i mean that was uh, jason genius. isaacs that jason did. isaacs so yeah. it was yeah jason isaacs of course and he he was so calm cool and collected and he was fighting him like one-handed at one point and then it just shows, though, that he's not fully force-trained uh, Sith. And uh, Kanan isn't either, and he's had to keep his powers low. But it's going to be an interesting progression in this series and how the Inquisitor and Kanan are going to battle backwards and forwards. And I'm going to make a prediction right now that Kanan possibly... I, I reckon this might go five seasons, a bit like Clone Wars, maybe six. Well, Clone Wars technically went six, but um, that was wrapping up loose ends. I think this one may... I'll go about five seasons, and I think during season four or season five, Ezra's going to have to step up as sort of the main guy in the Ghost Crew, as Kanan may be slain by maybe not he the Inquisitor, did. but he did. you know, you know, I, I just yeah. have that feeling about the whole show. Do you, do you get yeah. Oh yeah, I, I reckon, I reckon this show will go on as long as the movies go on, because I reckon when the hype of episode seven comes round, more demand will be needed to yeah. meet. Like, I know they say that they're going to do an episode, then a filler yeah, film the yeah. following year. But I reckon fun. people. I mean, Star more. Wars, Boba Fett, are you kidding? You're calling that a Oh, no. Movie? No, I know. But, like, I'm just saying, though, that, like, a continuation of this animated mm. cartoon will be brilliant. Um, it was brilliant the fact that Clone Wars went from lighthearted to dark. I don't really want that to happen with this show. I actually yeah. quite like it being lighthearted, and um, yeah. it's it's a nice it's a nice change. It's a nice uh, especially if JJ Abrams does turn out to have like a a dark episode seven. It'll be a nice contrast to have to bring yeah. in SCR logic. A nice contrast to have a dark <laughs> film and a, a lighthearted episode. But uh, yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's my final opinion so far. Um, I'm assuming next week we'll be um, reviewing A New Dawn, yeah? Yeah, we're going to be reviewing the book, book A New Dawn, Ross. Yep. Uh, get that on Amazon, book. easy. So yep. uh, get yep. yourselves read up get on that. The... It's a brilliant book. It's all about how Kanan and Hera met. So yep. if you want some backstory, and it's not a junior novel, it's an actual adult written novel. But it and, reads uh, easily. It, it reads easily. Yeah, it does. It's like, um, yeah, it, it actually it, it reads as easily as Star Wars Rebels is watching easily. You know, like I didn't realize that I spent like an entire day reading it, and I was like, oh crap, wow, because it just yeah. it just flies off the page, and the writer's brilliant at the way he, like brings it in. There's new canon things that gets brought in. There's new yeah. areas of the universe. It's brilliant. So I implore everybody to get themselves on Star Wars A New Dawn by... <laughs> You're thinking, well, the 8th of November is when we're recording next. John Jackson Miller. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought you were meaning what time? Yeah, John no, Jackson. No, but yeah, John Jackson Miller, uh, Star Wars A New Dawn. It's one of the first uh, official novel canon um, books that... Um, the, aye, the official canon novels. So, you know, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I so Star Wars A New Dawn... And then, if you want to get your books with the thing, there's Tarkin that's coming out in November, which is all about uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. And then we have, um, I can't wait for this, it sounds like a road trip style movie. Uh, Vader and Palpatine get stranded on a planet that comes yeah. out in April. Sith Lords, um, it's called. And then you've got yeah. Heir to the Jedi. Yeah, with, which is Luke Skywalker Luke between Skywalker. episodes two and uh, episodes four and five, I think it is. I think it might be. It or could five change, and six. But, it's one yeah, of those. Five and but six. anyway, at the end of the day, though, uh, Star Wars A New Dawn is the first of the proper, like, canon extended universe novels that are out. So if you're into your extended universe of Star Wars, get reading New Dawn because it start, it's a new page in our entire universe. So Yeah, definitely. So, And we'll also be covering the episode, which uh, is episode four and we're going with the Disney um, the Disney numbering. And the next episode is called Breaking Ranks. So make sure you've watched Breaking Ranks before next week. Um, but Ross, where can the listeners find us uh, on uh, the old internets? We don't quite have the Holonet yet. And <laughs> we obviously have just used, uh, used to the old Tinternets. They can obviously get us on the internet and read all of views at a certain site. Yep. And they can also get us on Twitter um, if you would be so kind to produce them with the information. Yeah. Many Bothans have died for this information. <laughs> many, many Bothans have died for this information. And if you're not in tune with the force and not knowing exactly where to go to uh, catch us, uh, you can catch everything that we do on StarWarsRebelCast.tk. That's our main hub of a site. Uh, we put up episode reviews as well. Uh, we also have you guys. We're really looking for you guys to comment uh, on our reviews, get some discussion going. What did you like? What didn't you like? So that's the StarWarsRebelCast.tk. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RebelsCastUK. And uh, again, we just want to get some discussion going. Tell us what you want to know and what's going on with um, Rebels. What extended universe that so far has been cancelled that you want to see uh, 
uh, come back into this new canon, you know? Is there any characters that you think that could fit into Star Wars Rebels? So, yeah, uh, to just to reiterate, at Rebels Cast UK is mm-hmm. where you need to get us on. And our website is starwarsrebelscast.tk, where, again, you have your reviews uh, that we do for every episode. And you can also catch on, like, backtracking episodes, leave comments in the reviews, and just let's, let's get some good discussion going on, because it'll be good. Mm. It'll be, be refreshing to try and, you know, work out what we could have, what we could have. And I'm sure like, if, if we can get enough discussion, I'm pretty sure Ali and I can bring back our, our infamous speculation <sighs> from SCR and, and start of thinking of, of what characters should be brought into Rebels and what characters should be left out or what Imperial you know, sections should be brought in. You know, should Grand Admiral Thrawn be brought in so early? Ooh, should he? I think, I don't think he should be this yeah. thing, but I think Thrawn should be brought into the later trilogy. Anyway, as I said, StarWarsRebelCast.tk uh, and on Twitter at RebelsCastUK. Perfect. So, um, like like Ross said, just get involved. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you don't like us. If you do like us, we'll change for you. Changes for the best. And um, thanks very much for listening. If you listened to the pilot and you've heard this episode and you preferred the pilot, um, next week there'll be more Jawa juice. So just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you prefer the pilot, then fine, then we'll just rack on the whiskey. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. Um, if you do want to get in touch, get, get in touch with us in the ways Ross has told you. And At Rebelscast UK. Of course, and uh, if you if you do want to go on the old internets like we do and you don't have the holonet, go on rebelscast at gmail.com if you're a bit shy and you don't want to. like We we can always like make you anonymous and we'll read all your comments out if you make them, if you want to. Just uh, get in touch. Uh, love Star Wars always, and I'm going to finish this episode with May the Force be with you. Always. Thanks, folks. Yeah.